For Madison Street Community Church, this is Chicago's Gospel Podcast, a show where we explore how the unchanging gospel of Jesus Christ shapes your life in an ever-changing city. I'm Eric Viker, And I'm Will Pereja. And today on the show, we are talking about gospel interdependence amongst the local churches within the 606 zip code. And we're thrilled to have our guest, Pastor Nathan Carter with us. Nathan, thank you for being on Chicago's Gospel Podcast. Hey guys, I have listened to a few episodes, not all of them, but uh, I love both of you. Will, I've known for a long time, so I'm excited about this conversation. Thanks for having me on. He listened to a few. He realized we needed salvation in this <laughs> podcast, not on like a you know large scale Christ salvation, but just like a little help. So he decided to join us. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Why, Nathan, if someone doesn't know who you are, why would you potentially be the guy to come on Chicago's Gospel Podcast and talk about interdependence amongst churches? Yeah, it's a great topic. I um, love my local church. I've been a pastor for 18 years at Emmanuel Baptist Church in the UIC area of the the city. That's my heartbeat. That's my number one priority. I love that local church. And yet I've also always had um, whatever's excess left over I have to give. I want to see a network of other gospel preaching churches throughout the city um, kind of knowing each other, uh, leaning on each other when they where they can, and just see the whole city reached. I have a, mm-hmm. a heart for the whole city, so those have been um, kind of asymmetric but uh, twin passions of mine uh, over the years. And then of late, I uh, just recently started as the executive director for the Chicago Metropolitan Baptist Association, so mm-hmm. an association of Baptist churches. Um, to me, you're the executive director. Executive Director, Associational Mission Strategist. Yeah. Mm. You must have a lot left over, as you just said, because, okay, we have a lot of history together because I I can already see in 15 years, I have actually, well, except for my first month here, I saw you at your church because we attended your church, didn't land there. But I want to say that I have seen you at a lot of places, not the church. So you must have a lot left over. I've seen you at this function, this get together. Uh, so I can attest to seeing uh, Pastor Nathan in a bunch of different venues around the city with a lot of people who are not like him mm. or not, you know, in his exact same circles. Isn't so that, that's weird uh, for an introvert like me. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not yeah. a social butterfly. But yeah, I, I, somehow that's it's always just been ingrained in me as Mm. something I want to be part of. Yeah. So Nathan, we're assuming at the beginning of this conversation that this sort of relationship that exists between other local churches is something that uh, is worth pursuing. But let's let's not take it for granted that everyone listening assumes that maybe they just love their local thing. Uh, Praise God, you know, they're thinking that other local churches exist, but I've got my thing. Uh, That's all I really care about. Why should that person potentially expand their horizon and think about um, real strong connections with other local churches in their city? I mean, our heart, I mean, the whole Christian heartbeat is is to go, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's to spread. It's 
you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. It's just that. And, and um, so we have a missionary mindset that can't allow us to be inward focused and parochial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to see the whole world reached. Chicago's huge. I mean, right. I've lived here since the late 90s in the Chicago land, and I'm still like discovering <laughs> new neighborhoods. I'm like, wait, I've never been here before. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, so um, you can, and you can reach the nations here. I mean, it's just a, it's just people on top of people and lostness that's so huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. why would you just be content with your tiny little right. thing? You want to see, you want to see God's glory spread throughout the world and, um, in our cities, a kind of <laughs> uh, enough to you know you can't get your your head around Chicago itself, so it's it's enough to keep you busy. Right. Um, that's that's one thought. Uh, also, just in the New Testament, I see a lot of that. I, I see local churches that are autonomous that uh, have local leadership and mm. their own elders that know the, they're among the flock and know the flock. But then there's also a sense that they're part of this larger movement, right? right. So Antioch's always a big you know, place for me to go. I think Antioch was the Chicago of the the ancient world, right mm-hmm. behind Rome and mm-hmm. Alexandria. It was a diverse, uh, and just you see how the gospel gets there, and then the people in Jerusalem have a a heart to kind of go check on it. So Barnabas goes up and he mm-hmm. he sees the the evidence of God's grace there, and he's encouraging them, and he goes and gets Paul and brings mm-hmm. him there, and then from there they send people out to start new churches around the world, and then those people come back to Antioch and report about it. And so this seems like there's this, this sense that they're part of something bigger than just right. Antioch. Right. Um, and I think I, I, I want to be a part of something like that. Yeah. Well, you've been sort of forced just in your own church, right? Because in pastoring a manual for 18 years, have you not in a sense sort of, I don't know, uh, molted a few times? Like you've seen oh, yeah. your church turn over. Yeah, I say I pastored one church for 18 years, but it's really about eight different churches. Eight different churches. <laughs> 10 maybe. Yeah. It's pretty transient, which is exciting and exhausting. Yeah. So what what interdependence do you feel like you almost landed, fell into when you arrived in Chicago? And what interdependence do you feel like you or people around you have cultivated since you came here? Or did you did you have any interdependence with other churches when you came here? Yeah, our church was uh, part of the the Baptist family. So we had been planted by a church in the Northwest suburbs and that uh, the guy who planted that church, that planted our church, he was still around. He's since uh, passed away, but mm-hmm. he, he mentored me in some ways and... Um, came and helped us as we planted a church. And so we were part of that association and then uh, quickly just tried to find other, I mean, I see there's kind of like a gospel ecosystem in the city and it's just, you can't totally map it out. It's mm-hmm. these these different circles and some of them overlap and some of them are, you know, further out. But uh, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm part of a bunch of different circles. So when our church moved into the neighborhood that we're in and replanted in 2005, we, uh, I started just gathering all the, the guys that are preaching the gospel, big tent, we're on the same team uh, to pray once a month. So I got that little circle that's geographic and very big tent. Um, but there's also, you know, the, my Baptist circle. And these people are very wide ranging in some um, ministry philosophy, but we don't baptize babies. And 
<laughs> uh, we have uh, kind of that thing in common that holds us together. And I got this, uh, Will, you and I were just at the Gospel Coalition Regional Chapter mm-hmm. um, out in Wheaton last week. And then uh, yesterday I was at the Chicagoland Gospel Network. Those are like my guys that are kind of on the same page, right. theologically, ecclesiologically. Yeah. Um, there's all these different, you know, Chicago partnership uh, for church planting or now just the Chicago partnership. That's another circle. The new thing network has that. I was at those. So just all these different interlocking kind of spheres and um, I get different things out of different, different ones. And um, I think it's Chicago's for the better that we have those relationships. If we weren't uh, Baptist and Congregationalist, I would be tempted to call you a bishop, (laughs) but I won't. You do all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we need interdependence in Chicago? Why, why do we need to work together? Man, there's a thousand ways you could go at that. I mean, I think pastors need other pastors. Mm. Uh, Ideally, within your own church, I mean, the plurality of elders, but there's churches that don't have that. For many years, you didn't, right? Eric, you just came on. So for many years, Will, you would reach out to a few other pastors for help on certain things. Mm -hmm. I even came in, was helping with some of the ordination stuff for Eric, right? Yeah. So I think um, that's practical, but I'm I'm meant to go with just the emotional life of a pastor. If you don't have other Mm -hmm. pastors in your church, other elders, but even if you do, you just need other brothers because it's lonely. It's, um, it's hard. There are things unique to that, that call in life that it's good to have a brotherhood of, of other guys that you can just be real with. But how does that prayer. benefit the people you've, your flock? That's yeah, nice for us, us, right? Oh yeah. Well, but I mean, how? that's, I mean, prevents burnout, um, isolation. I mean, pastors are giving up at, you know, alarming rates right now. Mm, yeah. I think if there was real friendship and not uh, a competitiveness, but a gospel sort of ethos that allowed pastors to not be territorial, I think we're, we're, we're I mean, that was never a good thing. Um, but even especially in these days where Chicago is post-Christian or however you want to yeah. talk about that, but that there's just no time for that kind of territorialism. There's just right. so many lost enough lost people to go around. And so we can just put that off the table, stop competing against each other, uh, stop comparing ourselves and just be like, you know, guys in the trenches together. We, so a church needs that. Um, I think there are things that can be collaborated on, some outreaches, some trainings. Our church does uh, a pastoral uh, apprenticeship program that we collaborate together with other churches. Mm. So I, I, there's a lot of stuff that's internal and in-house, but then once a month we get together with other pastors, uh, like-minded guys can come and it's helpful for my guys that I'm trying to raise up to be elders to hear, mm. not just from me, but from other pastors in the city. So we've been doing that for um, 10 years or so. I think uh, a big vision that I have is to see a lot of these um, dying churches um, be revitalized. And I think that's going to happen through a, um, a network, you know, of, yeah. of, of churches that can have their eyes on like, Will, you got, you've had your eyes on a, a church building in the city that's got just a few gray haired saints left in it. 
I don't want to see that become condos. I don't mm. want to see that become mm-hmm. uh, an antique mall or, or just bulldozed. Like that's yeah. a, a place that can be a gospel lighthouse in the city. So by building relationships, trust, uh, we can hopefully help reseed some of those those churches. And uh, that's that's better for Chicago than having just two or three big mega churches that right. draws everybody. I think right. it's better to have a combination of all different shapes and sizes of churches and not lose those outposts if we can. And that's only going to happen through a well-networked kind of system. Right. So earlier you mentioned when you arrived, you sort of put up the tent post for this big tent under which these gospel preaching guys could come together. uh, And surprisingly, you said you didn't get together to preach sermons to one another, but you got together to pray. Mm-hmm. So as message-driven guys, you know, gospel guys, mm-hmm. why would you start with prayer to establish strength amongst the other pastors, churches? Oh, it's a little safer. It's easier. Like a, usually you can pray together, um, but you may not have the same theology or the same on finer points. So that's a, that's a safe place to start. Yeah. You know, let's, let's get, get together and pray. Yeah. <laughs> so would, would you say that there is some knitting together of hearts in the gospel when you actually do give yourself to uh, the means of grace, which is prayer, uh, giving yourself to those things? Yeah. I think historically you see that prayer is a kind of precursor to revival, mm-hmm. right? So the end of uh, Keller's book, Center Church, has some good stuff on gospel ecosystems, I think mm. is what he calls it. And prayer meetings are um, kind of ground level for that. Mm. They, they see a lot in New York City, uh, kind of some of the renewal that's happened there in the last couple decades kind of started through prayer. Um, so yeah. Chicagoland United in Prayer has that, oh, yeah. that uh, burden. So you're now the new executive director, which is a part-time role, and yep. it doesn't give up your being a pastor of Emmanuel, right. um, of new executive director of the Chicagoland Metro Baptist Association. Um, just tell us a little bit, I mean, put in a plug for what you hope to accomplish. Like if we could help you help mm. what you're about to do mm-hmm. and want to do, um, What? how would you as a, in this role, I mean, you're not just a, you're, well, you're you're young, but you've been here a long time. How would you like to influence gospel interdependence mm. amongst the 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 Metro Chicago Baptists? Yeah, that's uh, it's about a hundred and sixty or so churches that have um, are a part of this, but it hasn't really um, had much pulling it together for about ten years or so, and so it's it's a revitalization effort of that association. Um, so kind of first level starting is, is uh, just bringing people together for relationships, lunches, times of prayer, some, some equipping with some general things that just kind of get people in the same room so they can start bumping up with each other, having friendships, conversations, and they don't all have to be sort of curated by me, brokered by me. I just want to kind of get you in the same room and just let it take off. I can't manage it. You can't manage this stuff. You can just try to catalyze it. Mm. And, Mm. uh, you know, we have a building that's a great asset right here in, in Humboldt Park. I want to see that um, shared and used. We're trying to think about uh, using it for some co-working space for pastors and planners that maybe can't afford a building or an office right now. Come get together. Um, 
you know, we'll brew a pot of coffee and have a copy machine for you. You can just come hook up to the Wi-Fi, work, see what kind of comes out of that. We got housing there. So if you have a mission team coming in uh, to help you, we got housing for them, maybe interns. We're still playing around with that kind of stuff. Th those are kind of immediate steps. Uh, it could move into more events and things like that. Mm. But the long-term goal is kind of, I just had a conversation with a pastor this morning. Of those 160 churches, the vast majority of them are plateaued and declining. I mean, that's the case for most churches everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's a few churches that have some signs of health. I'd like to see, um, I had a conversation this morning with a pastor whose church is growing, who has, I tried to connect with another pastor whose church is shrinking and on life support. I want to be a matchmaker that can kind of put their hands together and say, hey, I think you need to get lunch. I think there could yeah. be a way they could help you. Um, and that's my goal, even as I kind of um, have seen by God's grace, our church, it's not perfect by any means, but it's relatively healthy. I would love to uh, keep raising up elders and overabundance of elders in our church that we can um, send out to kind of help um, revitalize churches throughout the city and, and suburbs. And um, by me kind of taking this role full-time, it allows us to bring on our part-time elder, staff elder full-time. And I think this will be a great next step for him, maybe in that path, and then open up a position that can kind of keep being filled as like an assistant pastor, as a, a um, stepping stone into and other pulpits. And yeah. uh, from my perch, I will have more influence and opportunity to kind of see which pulpits are open and which churches are open to having, I mean, maybe having us maybe send not just a, a elder or two, but some members to go yeah. say, hey, go over to this church. This is closer to where you're coming from. It, it needs a breath of fresh air yeah. and we can, we can be part of that. So someone might be listening to this, not having thought through their relationship to other churches. And now they're listening to you and they're saying, okay, this is fascinating. This, this web of churches for the glory of God mm -hmm. uh, already exists. I want to tap into this web, uh, but maybe they're unsure how to discern which churches are actually a part of that web? Is mm. St. Andrew's Catholic Church a part of that web? Is yeah. uh, Movement Pentecostal Church a part of that That's, web? You know, I'm just using hypothetical names, mm -hmm. but w how, what prat practical steps do you give the average congregation member for uh, maybe identifying who's a part of that web that's weaved <laughs> together in Christ? Yeah. Well, the average congregational congregation member, I think probably, I think most of them need to be more devoted to their local church. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't get the cart before the horse yeah, is what you're saying. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to, again, local church, it, that's where it's at. So yeah. be careful about some of these parachurch ministries or just kind of being a floater uh, really dig down into that local church. Hopefully the pastor is leading your church to pray for other churches. That's another way this can work. I mean, I know you guys pray in your Sunday services for other local churches. We do mm -hmm. too. That's a way this can, can work. Um, and, um, but then from, from that place, then you're still, you're going to be in the city. You're going to be bumping into other people at 
your kids, school that are Christians. So my wife, for example, um, super involved in our church, but our kids go to a, a Chicago public school. And she, when she got there, there was a mom um, of another church that preached the gospel. Uh, we would have differences with them on some things, but big team Jesus uh, that had started a moms in prayer group. Mm. And then within a year, she transitioned out of that. Um, but now Andrea has taken that over. So she leads every Friday, some moms from other different local churches, um, they get together to pray for that school and their kids and God's work there. So that is cool. Um, and, and then, you know, some of the moms in our, our church get together and go to um, gymnastics at a local park district and then happen to meet another uh, mom there who's here working with campus outreach and goes to um, uh, renewal church. Renewal. And um, so they, they can exchange numbers and kind of have play dates and just encourage each other. Say, yeah, there are other Christians here in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not trying to get you to come to our church. We want you to be fully involved in your church, right. but hey, we're on the same team. This is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't see... I mean, I, I just think about our members buy buy in. I don't. I don't think any Christian in Chicago can even really um, kind of catch the vision of this interdependence buzzword, as you're saying, Eric. If they're not really like jacked up on their own church, otherwise, I mean, if you have kind of a loose affiliation with your church, I mean, your 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 view of other churches is going to be more consumeristic, like. Mm. Uh, my church isn't really cutting it, but man, I can go, that's not what we're advocating Mm -hmm. here. Dive more deeply into your own church Mm -hmm. and commit to it. And you'll find, I think eventually it's not magic. You'll find that your heart sort of grows for the other churches around. You want other churches to experience what you're experiencing in your local assembly. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I, I wonder at some, I mean, this would take some, some management, but at some level, it'd be, it'd be cool if somebody could get a bird's eye view of Chicago and where people are coming from mm. and, uh, and get to a place where we could try to, to reallocate some of the geography, you know, like people <laughs> driving, you're driving past all these good churches to come to our church. Like, could I be open-handed enough to say, you know what, let me, let, let me help you get into this church that is right by your neighborhood, right, right in your neighborhood where you could, be more on mission. You could save gas money right now, which would be nice. <laughs> you could uh, invite your neighbors to church more easily. Right. right. Uh, those other non-Christians that you meet at the park district play right. groups, whatever. So, uh, but that can, I mean, that, that may take too much to become a database or something that we all keep, but more informally, I, I like to do that. Like, oh, wait, you're coming from that? No, go to this church, mm. you know? Yeah. 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 So, for this final question, by way of wrapping up, let's assume now that someone is bought into their local church. The church is preaching the gospel. It's uh, thriving to a certain extent by the grace of God, uh, but they don't have any knowledge of other churches. They don't have any of this interdependence. What one, two, three practical steps would you give that person today to say, okay, I'm going to try to establish these kinds of relationships uh, before, or at least take a few steps towards establishing a relationship or two before my head hits the pillow tonight. This is a member of a local church? Member of a local church, bought in, healthy church, but they just, they want some practical advice about doing this stuff. 
Um, I would say pray <laughs> and have your eyes open to that, you know, and then just be involved in the city and hopefully um, you'll start meeting other Christians that you can encourage and uh, be thankful for and, and pray for them as well. Yeah. Ask your pastor, who do you know? What other pastors are around? What other churches? Mm-hmm. So and not, we're not with the intent of, you don't want to scare your pastor, but no, I want to pray for other churches and other neighborhoods and I don't know them. Um, can you give me a list? Yeah. And be willing to even go, right? Like if yep. your church is overflowing mm. and uh, there's a need to, they, that there's a vision for this kind of stuff of maybe reseeding an old church, uh, be willing to go be part of that team. Yeah. So you're in a new building real quick. You're in a new build, fairly new building. You guys bought it. Can't remember how many chairs because I, I was just there for the first time last week. 100 chairs, 150? 150 chairs. 150 chairs. So by God's grace in a year or so, it just fills up. And so you're going to start a, a second service. No. No. Are you going to start a, a second new life, new, uh, Emmanuel of, no. you know, Roscoe Village? What would you do with the overflow? This very, this very conversation is, is, is that I, I don't want to build a bigger church or relocate out of the neighborhood or have multi-service or multi-site. I want to plant churches and, and revitalize churches. So, um, yeah, that's our goal. You know, 150, the 80% rule says that 120 is kind of where you max out with mm-hmm. that. And 120 is sociologically that, that threshold where you can still all kind of know each other. Mm-hmm. And yet it's still a critical mass enough that you could skim off, you know, 20, 30 people and still and not hurt the, right. Right. hurt the, uh, the mother church and, and send them out. So mm-hmm. it takes... It takes, it's going to take, it takes logistical coordination, but all, but more than that, it takes this kind of um, vision casting and, and helping people glimpse, you know, I'm part of, I'm not just, I don't go to church just to have my nice cozy little group of friends. Right. Um, I want to be part of uh, bringing health and gospel witness beyond. Yeah. And Chicago is in desperate need of that. Amen. Well, may God haste the day when that is happening more and more, seeing healthy, flourishing local churches sending out and planning more healthy local churches, revitalizing dying churches uh, for the sanctification of the saints, for the salvation of unbelievers, ultimately for the glory of Christ Jesus and his gospel. We're grateful to have had you on this episode, Pastor Nathan. Uh, You've been listening to Chicago's Gospel Podcast. We're glad that you listened, and we'd love to know what you think. If you benefited from this uh, episode, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, sharing it with your brothers and sisters in Christ in Chicago, maybe even sharing it with someone who's exploring the faith and not yet a Christian in Chicago, uh, and inviting them to what is fundamental to gospel doctrine, and that is the local church as uh, where the gospel flourishes. So to find out more about this gospel that we talk about every episode, you can uh, find Bibles online free to you. You can visit our website, asccchicago.org. But until next time, remember that Christ's unchanging gospel is always and constantly shaping your life in our ever-changing city, the great city of Chicago. We'll see you next time.